previously on Flowers for Zoe, Stories for Dennis. Why not rehab, Zoe? Oh, yeah, let's just get right into it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I mean, it became repetitive. I was almost annoyed with how nothing was different. And now, coming up on the show. What about cocaine? What about... You know, if I used a different type of, of drug that's not along the lines of opiate or, or fentanyl, like, would that be a relapse? Okay, you know, so I'm going to ask you a really direct question then. On today's podcast, we discuss abstinence and harm reduction while talking to Zoe about her sobriety. If you find today's episode activating, please reach out and talk to somebody. If you find the discussion helpful, please share the link with others. Welcome everybody to podcast number 23. Hello, Lara. Hi. Hello, Hello. Zoe. Hi. So here we are. We're back again. We've been podcasting regularly every week. We don't always do that. The last podcast we did was Why Not Rehab? And today we're kind of continuing on with another topic, but a connected topic. And we're calling this one Abstinence or Harm Reduction. What counts as sobriety? So here's a question I have for you, Zoe. Like, I know how important it is for you to have the freedom to be able to to live your life in the way that you want. And you've been through so much this year. So mm -hmm. I think about, you know, with all that you know, with all you've been through and all you've experienced, you know, what's your wisdom around this? Like, where where do you land with these options and these things ahead of you? I didn't have a lot of knowledge on it actually, it was a big question for me too. Like, I didn't know where I stood like with my sobriety. I mean, I know this far I've been a hundred percent sober. Like I have not done anything, but take my methadone up until this point. I haven't smoked a, a joint. Like I haven't done anything. Uh, the only thing I've done is I have consumed alcohol, which again brought up the question to me, did it fuck up my sober date? Because all in all, they talk about abstinence, which is once you're recovering and you are, um, you know, you're, you're in recovery, you aren't supposed to use any type of substance that alters your, you know, your, like your, your function. So I questioned it like shit, like, so did I, fuck it up did I drink that night and did I fuck it up and then I'm thinking to myself well no I didn't because it wasn't really alcohol was never an addiction to me I never had a problem with drinking before you know I I drank once in a while but it was never an issue to me so then it made me feel like well no I didn't fuck up you know on the other hand where is if I I took like a Percocet or I decided to smoke fentanyl or you know I feel like in that sense like it would have been uh a step back I would that that would have been a slip to me that would have been me relapsing right because that was my 
addiction. I was addicted to opiates and fentanyl. I wasn't addicted to drinking alcohol. I wasn't an alcoholic. So um, that's kind of my view on it, right? But I'm still caught in the middle of like, what about cocaine? What about, you know, if I use a different type of, of drug that's not along the lines of opiate or, or fentanyl, like, would that be a relapse? I never had a problem with any of those drugs, just like I never had a problem with alcohol, but it's still a drug. Would that be a relapse? So I don't have the answer. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know what I think. I'm kind of asking the question, right? Trying to find an answer to that because I don't know. Do you see any differences between alcohol and cocaine? Uh, well, one is legal and one is not for starters. Mm hmm right and um well that's the main one to be honest alcohol is legal you're allowed to drink whereas cocaine or methamphetamine or like any type of other drug substance that's not a prescription drug which is my choice of drugs anyways is illegal right mm -hmm. so that would be the biggest one mm -hmm. So it sounds like that's a value that you hold. It's like, uh, you know, that's one of the factors that you think about is you yeah. know, what's legal um, versus. I mean, I wouldn't get in trouble for sitting there with a bottle of alcohol. But if I got pulled over with a bag of drugs, it would alter my future. Like I'd be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Right. I yeah, know. I think it's an interesting point of. um maybe where you're at, you know, when I think about kind of going back again, like here you are about a year in, we've talked about the pink cloud, you've talked about, you know, just, you know, this, this recovery journey, um, and, you know, creating, creating a lot of like new things for yourself. And I would imagine that a lot of the new things in your life, um, you've never been here before. And right. so I think about whether, you know, when you're feeling good and you feel like, okay, I've kind of beat this, I've, I'm here. I would imagine that things that are familiar to you, like, oh, this is how I used to have fun with my friends, or this is what it meant to go out and be okay and to have fun. I would imagine that you think about these things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And now you're having to think about them through this lens of like, oh, but I'm on this recovery journey. So like, what? Where can, what can I allow? Uh, how much can I use? What's okay? Right. I would imagine that these are things that you think about and maybe it might even feel like you can't talk about these things because like you said, you know, if we talk about recovery, um, sometimes there's this message that's kind of embedded, right? If you're doing okay, it means you're abstinent. So mm -hmm. is there a place for us to talk about these other things that you might be thinking about? Right. I mean, I know one other guy, and he is an alcoholic, and now he's a heavy um, pot smoker. Smokes pot every day. Um, he doesn't smoke while he's at work. He only smokes in the evenings or the weekends, but he's been an alcoholic for 25 years. And he considers himself sober, like he hasn't had a drink in 25 years. But he smokes pot. 
but the pot doesn't interfere with his life. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that if if you're able to um, smoke weed, for instance, and you're an alcoholic or you're um, an addict in recovery, and it does not alter your life or cause problems within your uh, recovery, I think it's it's okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's necessarily bad. You know, there are people out there that are in recovery that do smoke weed. And it's actually a, it's their footholder almost. You know what I'm saying? Like it stabilizes their life in a good way rather than in a negative way. So I think in that sense, it's it's okay. But then again, we're talking about marijuana, right? Which I see very different from any other drug. So again, but it brings me back to if alcohol was not my problem, I don't see anything wrong with going out and having a couple of drinks sometimes. Whereas other people like we spoke about are like, well, no, you can't do that. You're supposed to stay, you know, alcohol and drug free from everything. You're not supposed to smoke weed. You're not supposed to drink alcohol. Like you are not supposed to do anything. I think if it's not affecting you in a, in a negative way, I believe it's fine. If you decide to smoke marijuana and it's helping you in a positive way and it's not affecting your life or your recovery journey in a negative way, you're fine to do so. I agree with it. I think if you're you're wanting to go out and have a couple of drinks, but like I said, I'm still conflicted with the use of cocaine or or methamphetamines or any type of drugs like that or speed or, you know, like where does that stand? Can you go out and party for a night and do cocaine and it's okay or is it just all around not okay like where do I stand I don't know how I feel about that when you think back to the past you you might have some ideas some values in place around what it means to have a good time Mm. what it means to like connect with people they might be the memories that you hold about how those things took place in the past and there might be some good memories attached to them there might be some not so good memories attached to them Um, but nonetheless you've kind of created this narrative around uh, if I want to go out and party if I want to go out and have a good time with my friends you know this is how I know how to do it one of the things that that recovery programs invite is for you to kind of connect with where your values are today has anything changed so if I said to you, Zoe, like, what do you see as important to your recovery goals these days? Well, obviously staying sober. Yeah. So one of your values then is uh, living a sober life. Yes. And you're tracking a, you're tracking a, a sobriety date. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what else, what else do you see as important to your recovery goals? Uh, are we talking about like myself like just how do I say that like 
I know we're talking about recovery goals, but like what's important to me right now, like a lot of it is my health. Like I'm, I'm kind of, well, I'm trying to work on certain habits, you know, like eating and, and, and my weight. And I, I have some goals that I do want to accomplish. So health wise, you know, I'm, I'm, it is important to me right now. I, mm-hmm. I do. I want to, I want to get healthy. And, you know, when I was using, I, I wasn't really worried about it. You know, I'm, I'm now worried about it. I'm now starting to look into it. And also when it comes to um, my teeth, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting them fixed and, you know, just, Hygienic wise. Okay, you know, so I'm going to ask you a really direct question then. Do drugs like methamphetamine and cocaine fit into your health values? Can you break that down? What do you mean? Like, do, they... do those do those substances do they work with your health? Like, you're no. talking about health in terms of like your teeth and your general health and yeah, living a healthy lifestyle. And so, um, no, those do not fit in with that at all. Right. What else are your values? So you've got sobriety values, you've got health values, like what else would you say is kind of helping you feel good in your life these days? Like what other things have happened that you have going on? Family and trust. I've built so much trust back and uh, that's something important to me. Mm Mm-hmm. They, yeah, actually, I just talked to my kids about that. We had a pretty good conversation just before this podcast about some things um, going on. And we did, we spoke a lot about trust. And that's Mm -hmm. something huge to me. That's massive right now. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's very important to me. So same kind of thing, right? Like we're not don't fit in with that (laughs) at all. No, they don't fit in. You know, one of the things that I I guess I'm most worried about is I don't want to come across like an interventionist. No, not at all. If you were to say to me, if you were to ask me, um, because I support harm reduction. But when you say, hey, I want to go with my friends and have a few drinks and maybe do a bit of blow, I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. Because um, you know, I'm I'm listening to you talk about your value around sobriety, your value around health, your value about like trust with your kids and your family. And I'm I guess I'm watching these things build up for you. And so it has me like my red flags are going up for me, going. I get it. I get, I get the desire to want to go out and have fun, but it makes me a little worried. Mm-hmm. It makes me a little worried about all of those things that we've talked about, right? Like, oh, but what if, what if it slips you back or what if, you know, it just replaces one, you know, in yeah. other words, you know, one evening of a good time, what if it sets you back? Oh, and for sure. Want, and I don't want that for but you. But those are, those are questions that I have that not only I have, but probably a bunch of other people listening to us 
right now have. Mm -hmm. So that's why that question is so big. Like, like I said, I've never had a problem with alcohol. I've never had a problem with marijuana. I've never had a problem with crack cocaine. I've never had a problem with methamphetamine. Like I haven't even done, you know, I haven't done those uppers before, you know, like I've done cocaine in my life and stuff, but I've never even tried anything like speed or acid or methamphetamine or anything like that to even know what it's like. But I know other people have. So that's where my question is, right? What is a setback? What's a holdback? What is what's okay and what's not okay, right? Like me personally, like I didn't even drink. I think the first time I drank was like what, uh, like a month or so ago. The first time I had a couple of drinks since getting sober. And even then I felt guilty for like three days after I drank. I felt so guilty, even though I did nothing wrong. I felt very guilty and I didn't feel good. Like I just didn't feel right. Which brought up that question, did I fuck up? And it's like, but no, because I didn't have a problem. I don't think I messed up in any way. But I did. I felt very guilty for for days <laughs> after. And I couldn't explain why. Like, I didn't know why. So, I don't know. But So, when you think back to it now, what do you think? Has anything changed about how you think about it? Eh. Well... I just know it's going to be a long time coming before I drink again. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it? Or is it the guilt feeling? Yeah, that the feeling after it just doesn't, uh, that good few hours just, it's not worth the feeling I felt afterwards. I think there's such good information to take away from something that might have been a bit of an experiment for you. Yeah. And, you know, from what, what I hear you saying is some things are changing for you. And um, having had that experience, you're kind of thinking about how differently you felt about it the next day. Mm -hmm. The only piece that I kind of go, uh, is that feeling of like, oh, I felt guilty. And um, yeah, what's that about? There's so much stigma. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I felt guilty about drinking. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. I just had this feeling. Almost like, you know, when you get a feeling that something bad is going to happen. I had that feeling for like three days, like a pit in my stomach. Leading up to going to a party or after? No, after. After. Yeah. And I didn't, like, I really didn't do nothing. I didn't go out and be sloppy. Like, I didn't go out and, like, you know, have, like, that walk of shame the next day after sleeping with somebody. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I, I didn't do anything. I came home early. I was literally passed out in my own bed by 9 o'clock, I believe. Like, yeah. I didn't do anything, you know? Yeah. But still, that feeling was just, I didn't like it. So, what do you think you did well that night? 
I came home. <laughs> I came home. It didn't lead to anything that I would regret. How, yeah. how, how, what made you come home? Like, was that something that was on your mind? Were you like conscious of it? Like, how did that happen? Well, I, I had the option to actually go back out and, um, I came home and I ate. And then when I got the phone book call to go back out, I, um, didn't answer it. And the next day I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. If you're okay with that. I don't know. I just felt like it was still early. And if I would have went back out and drank more, like I just didn't know where the night was going. And I just wasn't comfortable with that. So I pretended that I went to sleep. Meanwhile, I came home and I ate a huge plate of Chinese food and fell asleep after. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you were talking a little bit about how important trust is um, for you, for family. You know, what I hear you saying is you were also building some trust with yourself. Yeah. Kind of doing what you needed to do to, you know, kind of getting this feeling like, oh, maybe going back out isn't the best. Um, and so you found a creative way of getting out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right. I think it was uh, also about building trust, trust with myself. Yeah. Yeah, nobody was telling you what to do that night. No. Except you. Yeah. 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 I didn't look at it like that before. And, like, until you, um, you, you brought it up. I did not see it like that. But now the feeling I get about it is it is it's true I was I was building trust within myself I had nobody telling me what to do nobody telling me what I could or couldn't do absolutely nothing it was a decision that I made myself you pointed out the other day I've been really taking responsibility for uh, just myself and my actions. I don't know. What were we talking about the other day? Uh, Zoe was talking about her kitten and she said to me at the time, I thought the kitten was just horrible. It was always messing up, always never listening, always getting into trouble. Um, pissing on Pissing laundry, on clothes like... and laundry. And then she says, but now I realize that's when I was using and I did not take care of that cat the way I'm taking care of my cat now. And it was yeah. kind of like a, one of those epiphany moments. Because my cats, like I love my cats now, like they're sweet and they're in a, a loving family. Like 
you know, they're just, they're happy. And looking back, the cat that I had before, her name was Missy. It wasn't like how it is now. I didn't take care. She wasn't in a loving environment. She wasn't in an environment that she was being properly taken care of, you know? And I bet if she was in an environment the way I have it now, she wouldn't have been the way she was. It wouldn't have seemed like she was a burden because if she was being properly taken care of and properly loved and she just, she just wouldn't be like the way she was. She just wasn't in a good place because I wasn't in a good place. You know, I didn't clean up her, her litter area, you know, like, you know, she was pissing on, on clothes and then she just would not smell good. And I wouldn't want her in my room. And like, I just wasn't able to take care of myself, let alone an animal. And I would always blame her and I would kick her out of my room. And I'd be like, why the fuck are you just like this? Like, and I would always put the blame on her and it wasn't her. It was the environment I had her in. It was how I took care of her, right? Which wasn't the proper way at all. You know, I was not, um, I wasn't taking care of her, right? I just wish that I could uh, have her back, Missy, and, and show her a good environment, a loving family that I didn't show her before. you seem to be reflecting back on these things with some new insight, right? Because uh, where you are today is very different. Like what, what would you say now to, to you back then? Get your shit together. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. Get your shit together. And what about the compassionate side of you? What would you say to you back then who was struggling and didn't really understand what was going on, was too in it to know I don't know how to answer that. You know, let, let's imagine you're reaching out to that version of you a couple years ago that was really in it, couldn't see out of it, couldn't see around you, really foggy. You know, what? what's something compassionate you might say to that younger version of yourself who was not in a great place? You can do it. You can get out of this. There's so much more to life. Things are changing for you. Yeah. I just feel like lately I'm really reflecting on the past a lot. Even minus the podcast, like just in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's some important things happening right now. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read something that your dad wrote. Because when I was thinking about the topic today, just this topic of like abstinence, harm reduction. You know, that process, um, 
you know, I don't know whether we've explicitly said it or not, but, you know, deciding what's right for you can be a process. And, you know, some of it includes like stages of change and trial and error and new insights that develop and new ways of thinking and feeling about things and readiness. Like there can never just be one prescriptive way of doing this. But everything that I've learned so far, you know, people have stories, right? They have stories of of what their recovery journey looks like. And anyway, I found this poem that your dad wrote. And it makes me think about that process. And I think he wrote this at a time where he wasn't feeling very good. He was frustrated. Anyway, it's called No Thanks. No thank you. I decline. I don't want you anymore. Something I have never felt. New feels. I don't like it. All or nothing. All or nothing at all. Forever extremes, it seems. Never a medium. No middle ground. Back and forth. And to end, but does it? Life will never be simple or still. Forever hurdles in the way. And I don't seem to be moving this way. So no thank you, fish. Not today. Wow. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Isn't it? That's <laughs> You got to send that to me. How'd you find that? Um, yeah, I got a copy of it. He had it written down, so I took a copy of it. When he lived in uh BC. Yeah, he wrote he wrote that back in 09. You know, I ask myself, so how am I supposed to support Zoe in this? Like, I can't say, yeah, that, that's okay with me. And what I do is when, when I have a question about Zoe, I ask Dennis. And he came through loud and clear. Let, let Zoe do this. Like, she's got this. That's, that's what he says to me. <laughs> So that kind of leads me up to my next question, Zoe. And, um, you know, forgive me for minding my own business. <laughs> that starts after the podcast. But I'm curious. And why would you, if you envision yourself, you're out, you're at a party, you're having a great time, you know, you're excited. And then maybe you drink a little too much and then an opportunity comes around to do cocaine. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to in the first place? And I mean that like extremely naively. Is it to just have a good time? Is that basically what it comes to? Like, why would you choose to do it? Well, it kind of brings up um, what Auntie Lara said before. It's kind of what you're used to. What you're you like? What is your norm of ha going out and having a good time? Well, that was the norm. Oh, that was just normal. 
It just went along with going out and having drinks, doing cocaine. Did you have an opportunity? When? Recently? I don't know. Yeah. No. You never had the opportunity. Okay. Mm -mm. No. You were just thinking about it. Yeah, I was just thinking in general. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, those are the last two things I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. So, I have a question for you, Daniel. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I love talking. Well, all of this has me wondering about, you know, how you're doing with all of this. And it gets me thinking a little bit about... um like I want to ask you if you're if you're feeling pressured in this somehow, like if you feel like, you know, are you feeling some pressure? Like you have to somehow ensure certain things happen. Like I'm just curious yeah, oh, about yeah, absolutely what's going on for you. Well, to speak bluntly, you know. If three years from now, I'm dealing with Zoe's death, I would look back and say, what could I have done? Right? Same thing I asked for, for your dad. So I ask myself that every day. And for the most part, it's been... You know, Zoe's got this. And just watching her go. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what I do. Did I answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. Did he? Well, he answered it <clears throat> in the way that, you know, it came up for him. Maybe this is another topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs>